From Potomac Fund Management and the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is the Proust Questionnaire with Jason Wenk. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Norton. I am excited to once again return to the series where, with one notable exception, I ask deeply personal questions of people I've never spoken to before. Today's guest is the CEO of, in my opinion, one of the most exciting companies in fintech. He is a prolific speaker and an all-around phenomenal human. Jason Wink, welcome to the show. Hey, man. I'm, I'm uh, never been called an all-around whatever good human, but I appreciate that. Stoked to be here. I've seen you speak and been following you on Twitter long enough to uh, be very <laughs> confident in my statement. Um, to start us off, how are you? What's your current state of mind? Where are you at? Ooh, yeah, no, life is good, man. I am uh, like a few days. I'm one week exactly uh, from my oldest son's 22nd birthday. And I That's am awesome. 11 days before my youngest son's first birthday. So it's a busy time of year. You know, we get to celebrate 22 and one is, in the Wink household. That is a so, spectrum. Yeah, man, it's uh, life is way better than I deserve. So no complaints. That is very cool. Well, the first question that I have then for you, I think fits well into that space because I would love to know what your idea of perfect happiness is. Hmm. Wow. It's good. That's deep, you know, right out of the gates, but, um, no softballs. Yeah, man. Well, I, I think, um, I think contentedness is kind of like a good way to think about happiness, you know, like, um, which, which is hard, I think for any, any entrepreneur to, to, to kind of totally have, so you kind of feel like you always want to do more, or, you know, but, but I think when you reach a point where you feel really content with the life you've lived, the people you've loved and kind of the impact you've made, I think that's awfully, awfully close to happiness. That is well said on the other end of the spectrum, then what is your greatest fear? <laughs> my greatest fear would be when every time I see the updated monthly fintech solutions map, uh, it gives me <laughs> like horror. Like I just I, I get shaky and Gosh, I, I hate that thing so much. Like, yeah, I, have, I get like uh, irritable and I don't sleep for three days. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, um, since you mentioned the questions were deep, that's sort of the goal of the whole podcast. So thinking introspectively. What is the trait that you most deplore in yourself? Hmm. Well, I don't know if I call it a trait, but, um, you know, when I get nervous, if it, it could be like the most serious conversation in the world, right? Um, but if I get really nervous, I can't help but kind of smile and laugh. And it's hmm. it's got to be like the most offensively horrible feeling for the person <laughs> on the other side. Like, it's like I could be like... Christopher, listen, today's meeting is going to be a tough meeting because, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to let you go today. And I'm gonna, you know, it's been a really good run right now. But like for real, I just I, I don't know what it is, is this weird nervous reaction that when things are absolutely yeah. awful, I just want to I just can't help but kind of like smile. It's my nervous reaction. So anyway, so I, I, I don't like that. I can't really change. It's a good it. defense mechanism for yourself, oh God, but maybe not for the people on the other side. There's nothing yeah. good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced that one time, I think, but. And, and it was in your example situation, but I was so excited to let this person go that I couldn't contain my, <laughs> my emotions. It was, it was years ago and, and he wasn't with us long, but it was, yeah, 
it was not my best HR moment. <laughs> it's good thing um, it's not what we both do for a living. That'd be a right, right, bad, yeah. bad fit. Yeah. Bad fit. So, um, same question, but what what trait do you most deplore in other people? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, arrogance. I suppose you know is pretty deplorable. You know, whether it's deserve it or not, some people are. You know, they're like they truly are amazing, but then when they're arrogant and amazing, that's that's not fun. And if the but but maybe even worse than that is when someone's just actually not impressive in any way, shape, or form, but they're the most arrogant person you've ever met. That's even worse. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, maybe a softball question, although some people struggle to answer it. What is your greatest extravagance, personally? Uh, well, I, I mean, I think some people may know this about me, but I, I own two golf courses, and uh, that might be that. kind of unusual. You know, um, not, It sounds way more impressive, by the way, than it is. Like, I bought these courses in West Michigan where land is like $1,000 an acre, so... You know, it, it, it like no exaggeration is more expensive to buy a like a trailer, like a mobile home trailer, um, in <laughs> California than to buy a golf course in Michigan. So, but I do have two golf courses, which is uh, kind of a strange, uh, strange extravagance. That's that's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. You, you're a branding marketing guru. Got to go check them out, right? Uh, Bonona Shores Golf Course and Oceana Golf Club. So you plug in them real quick. You know, go check them out. I'm going to do some research. We've got, we have a team member in Michigan, actually. So I know. We'll have to yeah. Pass them along. yeah. Um, well, um, slightly different kind of a question. What do you consider, and you can answer this personally or professionally or both, but what do you consider to be your greatest achievement hmm. to date? Yeah. And I think I know, from a personal perspective, like there's no, nothing that makes you more proud than to see your, you know, your kids do amazing things, you know? So, uh, and, and I think as a, as a parent, even if it's not amazing to anyone else, you know, it's like, uh, like our, our, our almost one-year-old is able to, you know, stumble down two or three steps. And it's like, this kid's going to be the next, like Jim Brown. He's amazing. What an athlete. Right. You know, but, uh, um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's not hard to be like extraordinarily proud of your, of your kids. And I think professionally, um, you know, one of my greatest joys is um, actually creating opportunity for other people. So like creating jobs, you know, so it's really cool to, you know, we, we have 360 roughly uh, employees at Altruist. It's like such a cool thing to have so many people that are aligned towards a mission and like building, I think, you know, a tremendous amount of professional uh, you know, kind of accolades along the way. It's pretty, pretty rewarding. That's very cool. I, you know, in, a, in our own world, we've grown from five to I think we'll be 20 by the end of the year, which is pretty big distance from over 300, but you, you, it's still quadrupling in size and to see Absolutely. people come on board and it's, um, it's rewarding. Well, we were about 20 before the pandemic started and went from 20 to, Jeez. you know, it's called 25 to 360 in two and a half years. So maybe that's what your next two and a half years you have to look forward to. Oh man. I think I th we we better we better hire that missing HR component. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. HR probably a good mind. idea to get somewhere between twenty and fifty. <laughs> you know, you want to get legit <laughs> HR team and legit finance team. It's a necessity. Yeah, right now it's conversations that Manish and I have on Zoom. That's that's HR. So, <laughs> um, a, a fun question to ask people um, like yourself: What talent do you most wish you had? Hmm. 
Well, I, I, um, I'm a very amateur musician and so you can't help but, you know, anyone who plays a little bit of music just wishes they were amazing at it, you know? And so I'd say if I, if I could have one skill I don't already have, it'd be to have like world-class, you know, uh, you know, talents in music. My next question is probably my favorite to ask, which probably says more about me than anything. <laughs> um, but on what occasion do you lie? Hmm. Well, I, uh, it's funny you say that, you know, um, of course I lie. I think everybody does what, even if, even if you try to be, uh, but I have this tattoo. People have somebody ask me what's on my, uh, on how I can get it on camera ah, right here anyway. And it says, be courageous. The short version of the story was that, you know, um, I used to be, be told, uh, it's a, a very cliche, like millennial thing, even though I'm not I'm too old to be one, but, uh, you know, my therapist used to tell me that it takes a lot of courage to always do the right thing and to be truthful and to you know be transparent and etc so i got that as a reminder to always be truthful uh, rarely can i think of a time where it's not good to be truthful um but again we all we all i'm sure have our little white lies if i was to say where it happens probably the most it's like with kids right like of course santa's real yeah yeah of course the easter bunny's real like um you know uh, and many, many others, right? They just start with those the, there, and I'm sure they they accelerate as the kids get old. My nine-year-old son still thinks that the force is real. He just hasn't quite <laughs> learned to master it yet. I'm not really sure when I'm going to have to let that one go, but for now, yeah. I say stick with it, you know? It's, uh, you never know. Yeah, you never know. I've, I have managed to do a few, like, sleight-of-hand things that he can't explain that has continued to further the lie so we'll see how long i can keep it up oh. so i told my wife once that you know i uh I, I i vividly remember being able to fly as a child and and mm. i'm convinced it was real you know i but i lost that ability at some point i probably that's a shame really fly, <laughs> but i i really it was so real it still feels real as like a 40 year old man you know but like uh uh, she said, you probably shouldn't tell people that. So here I am telling it for like the whole world to see. Like, uh, <laughs> Well, in mentioning your spouse, hopefully it doesn't make this next question awkward. Um, but who or what is the greatest love of your life? Uh, well, I mean, definitely the who would be my wife, um, you know, and uh, uh, and I say like the, the what is more broadly a group of people, just family in general. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty reclusive, don't like to get out in public a whole lot and prefer to kind of stay close to home. I've always been a homebody, but, but very much love my, my tribe, my very close family. So, yeah. That's awesome. When and where are you happiest? When, um, you know, that's a great question. I would say, uh, this isn't probably like a location, but I'd say like after a nice tall glass of red wine, I, for some reason I'm always happier. I don't know why, you know, but, uh, Same. Uh, and as far as where, you know, um, I, uh, I'm from the Midwest. I live in California and been all over the world, but I'd say, um, those two places are very intentional, you know, like that's home to me is they're, they're diametrically very different. And, uh, but if it put, put me in the middle of nowhere, like with no people around in rural Michigan, like I'm, I'm at, at like a, what feels like a peak happiness. And then when I'm in Southern California with like the most beautiful weather and beaches and topography, you know, I'm not unhappy here either. Well, it's interesting that you say that because my next question was going to be other than where you are, where would you most like to live? Mm. And I, I have a similar story because um, 
I'm from the Midwest, from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, my dad worked for an airline. And then the first decade of my career was basically travel. So I've had the opportunity to go everywhere. Now I live in the Bay Area. And I don't often miss Midwest weather. But right now, yeah. when we're heading into autumn, and it's still 90 here, and I'm seeing, you know, people having a glass of whiskey around a fireplace while the leaves <laughs> fall. And I'm like, oh man, like I could do it for like the next six weeks and then, then I'm out. But yeah. 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 I'm with you. So yeah, I, I have a, a, a cottage back in Michigan. And so we're actually going there this fall to watch the colors, change, trees change oh, cool. color, have whatever. Yeah. Whiskey, cocoa, campfires, the whole nine. So, um, and yeah, awesome. you know, look, there's a lot of beautiful places in the world. I think if I, uh, if I, if I wasn't in, you know, uh, Southern California, I'd probably be in Northern California, ironically. So love, love, uh, kind of central coast, you know, that kind of yeah. Monterey and Carmel and Big Sur. Like it's about as beautiful as any place I've ever been in the world. And, uh, and it's it still is. close to home. So yeah, that might be where I'd be yeah. if I wasn't here. Very cool. What is your most treasured possession? So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't have a ton of stuff, you know, I'm, uh, I think anyone who's, um, a bit, uh, maybe a bit obsessive compulsive. I don't want to proclaim that I'm totally there cause that's offensive to those who really are, but I, um, um, more things may give me more anxiety. So I prefer to have the least amount of stuff possible. Uh, but if, uh, yeah, if there was like a, a possession or thing, um, you know, my, my cottage in Michigan is like one of those places that I, uh, I hope to leave in my family for like, you know, as many generations as humanly possible, you know, so uh, that's awesome. very, very few other things I, I care deeply about, but that's a very special place to me. That is, that is very, very cool. I, uh, I, I wish I had that place. Um, there's a, <clears throat> There's an opportunity to reclaim something uh, that was once in my family that I hope to accomplish one day. But my family used to have a farm in Illinois for mm. many generations. And the people that own the property now uh, have every intention of keeping it. But there was a barn on the property that belonged to my great-grandparents. And they needed to get rid of it, but they recognized its historical value. So they took it down piece by piece, labeled every single one of them and put them in, put it in dry storage. And they reached out to my family and said, anybody that wants it, if you have, if you want it, it's yours. So I don't really have a place to build it here in uh, the <laughs> Bay area, but perhaps one day that will come about. Yeah. You should buy yourself a farm. You know, I think that's like the Robert Sophia thing, right? Just uh, kind of go down that road. Just, yeah. Just, just follow Robert right down that path. I wouldn't mind actually uh, doing just that. My, my son has a dream of, he wants, for a nine-year-old, this is quite a leap, but he wants to have a farm in Northern Europe and raise Highland cows. Mm. So we'll see what becomes of that someday. Well, it doesn't sound like a terrible life to me. So no, you know I, could, I could get on That's a good dream for a nine-year-old as far as uh -huh. I'm concerned. <clears throat> what do you value most in your friends? You talked about that core group that you have. Um, I think, uh, probably just, uh, it's funny, the, the, the opposite of what bothers me, you know, is when people are kind of arrogant, but I think, um, people are very, very humble, you know, like, uh, and, and very truthful. I think those are 
people you can uh, you can obviously trust and uh, and they're a pleasure to be around. So humbleness and cool. truthfulness. I mean, I think you have those things. It's not hard to not hard to love those people. Well said. Is there a historical figure that you identify with? Well, I don't know if people call him a historical figure yet, but I I I, uh, I greatly and deeply admire uh, Jack Bogle, uh, the mm. late founder of uh, Vanguard, and and um, and so you know, while not necessarily trying to be all the things he was, you know, I think there's a lot of things that I that I certainly admire. Um, and uh, so, so a little bit of identification, I guess, there, and and uh, similar in terms of like the, uh, um, you know, essentially for him to for for him to have built Vanguard to be successful, it had to basically really piss a lot of people off. You know, like, you, like it was impossible <laughs> to not make a lot of enemies when it's like, wait a minute, but uh-huh. we, we love eight and a half percent commissions on mutual funds, and like wait a minute, like you know, three percent, like you know, expense ratios are totally cool. Like wh- why why are we changing all these things? You know. <laughs> And, um, and so I think that, uh, you know, he probably made a lot of enemies along the way, but did it in the name of like, how do we help more people, uh, achieve more, you know, with what resources yeah. they have. And I think that's pretty admirable. I would, I would concur, I think. And I think, you know, as a testament to you from what we've seen of altruist, uh, that's exactly what you're doing. And we're, uh, well, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm at least a big fan of the organization. Well, and, likewise, and, and stoked so. that we're partnering, right? It's, yeah. Uh, it's fun, fun to be able to work together. Yeah, that was, uh, that, I was very excited when uh, I saw that opportunity come to fruition. So the last question that I have for you is intentionally last and intentionally the most difficult. But uh, when it's all said and done, how would you like to die? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, this might sound really strange and super naive, um, but uh, you know, I I'm like one of these weird people. Like, I don't ever want to, <laughs> so I'm going to try like hell to live as long as I can uh, and be as healthy as I can and um, defy a whole bunch of odds. And when my body completely fails me, I'm hoping that I can uh, you know program AI to essentially um, maintain whatever is left of my mushy brain at that point uh, in some type of like humanoid you know <laughs> for all of eternity. So you know I just feel like uh, I'm, I'm not yet comfortable with this idea of mortality. <laughs> <laughs> no, I deeply respect that. I uh, my grandfather made it to 91. And he basically stopped taking care of his health at 70. So I figure if I make just a little bit of effort, um, I can really push the boundaries on that one. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I was kind of joking. You know, I had my first son when I was only 20 uh, years old or 19 even. Um, and so I was kind of joking. Like, hey, by the time I'm like in a nursing home, like we'll be in there together. Right. So like I'm 100, <laughs> he'll be 80. We'll just be in there. Like, and then, and then our, his little brother, my youngest will be hopefully like, you know, he'll be like 60, you know? So like, you know, I've got to live till I'm like 125, 140 so that all of us can be in the nursing home together. It's kind of the, ba- the basic gist of this. That is a magnificent goal. <laughs> got a hundred more years I, to go. I don't know. Fingers crossed. I love it. And, and the perfect place to put a period at the end of this conversation. So thank you so very much for being generous with your time and your story and joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, man. Super fun. Great job. Well, Take care. Thanks. 
Potomac Fund Management is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This information is prepared for general information only and should not be considered as individual investment advice nor as a solicitation to buy or offer to sell any security. This material does not constitute any representation as to the suitability or appropriateness of any investment advisory program or security. Please visit our disclosure page, potomacfund.com disclosures, for more information. Potomac does not make any representation or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, whether linked to the Potomac website or incorporated herein, and takes no responsibility for any of this information. The views of Potomac are subject to change, and Potomac is under no obligation to notify you of any changes. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy will be profitable or equal to any historical performance level.